Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey guys, this is your Soul Sisters podcast. It's a new year. It's a new us. Yes. By new us, I mean same us. Jesse and Dara, but we're feeling newly invigorated yeah. and honored and grateful to have this podcast. We started it a couple of years ago because we had just a, a general sense that there was this kind of untapped opportunity to put a spotlight on women artists in particular in the music industry who had inspiring stories for fans and for other artists, and we just wanted to be the home to collect and record those. Mm -hmm. And it's just felt increasingly vital, especially right now more than ever, to have a platform that is for the lifting up and telling of women's stories um, in the entertainment industry and in our personal lives. And just I'm very grateful to be here with you. I'm so grateful to be here with you. And I think you said it beautifully. The podcast has evolved as the world has been changing. Mm -hmm. And we've had different kind of like evolutions within ourselves regarding the podcast and how what's its, you know, purpose or mission and what do we want to achieve with it. And, you know, my sort of perspective has always kind of been more of the inside baseball. Let's hear about the industry. Let's hear about, you know, what it's like to be a, a musician and you are a female. Mm-hmm. And it's taken me longer than I think it's taken you to sort of see it in a way of like, this is a, a kind of more urgent sort of platform that we have to use where mm-hmm. we can really address these issues in a more explicit way. And mm-hmm. like, yes, you are a woman musician. So let's actually talk about that more. And I think um, I was so emotional for the Golden Globes in a way that shocked me because I don't normally respond to these kinds of things in that way. Um, The idea that everyone would be wearing black, I was like, oh, that's kind of silly. And I was so moved the entire night. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I I think part of the difference was with the Golden Globes versus when we've attempted these things in the past, it felt like it was more than just a token. Yeah, Yeah. Like it really seemed to mean something to people it wasn't just a pin they put on their lapel and then continued to talk about the designer right. of the suit. Right. Um, the 
the time's up and the wearing black and the talking about these issues was the point of the night. It was. It was using that award show as a platform to talk about things that are bigger than awards. Right. The facade of celebrity and the sort of fakeness that goes along with that Mm -hmm. inherently was like almost stripped away. And these were women. These were just people. Right. And it it, it was so impactful. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, Oprah's everything. Oprah was everything. everything. Oprah 2020. Oprah, t- although, let, please, God, no. Let her be, remain. <laughs> this is a whole other topic. That's a whole other topic. Fine. Uh, yes. Oprah's uh, everything. Oprah's everything. Um, I don't know that a non-celebrity could beat Trump at this point, but that's <laughs> we we'll, we'll talk about on another podcast. Um, yeah, that, that's my okay. That's, that's one my. Take. We'll get that's to my that pro take point okay. for Oprah 2020. Sure. Uh, I there's so many obvious, wonderful moments of the night. Um, I think a very interesting moment of the night, which I want to talk to you about, was Natalie Portman. Yes. Because this was a moment that on its surface would appear to be something that I would immediately jump out of my chair and cheer for. I felt some discomfort in that moment that was unexpected for me. And it made me really think about what the point of all of this is. And I'm so glad she did it because it did bring me to a realization that I have been excited to share with people um, which is, you know, so she was announcing, clarify, yeah. she was announcing the, um, best director category at the Golden Globes with Ron Howard and to, immediately after following Oprah's, yeah, which was already uh, tough, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone's still swelling. From e- that. Yes. Everyone's feeling so great. Oprah brought everyone in the room to their feet and then Natalie Portman, and Ron Howard come out to announce best director and in announcing the nominees, Natalie Portman says, here are the all male nominees. Then they read the names of the nominees and they cut to all the men who are nominated and they all look rather sheepish and uncomfortable and shifting in their seat. And she has immediately made that moment less celebratory and more. And here's an example of the problem that we're talking about tonight. And so I'm so I was so glad she called it out because we need more women directors <laughs> like right, you and I are both is, women directors right. that could not be. More, more true, more true and more relevant and important to us. Yeah. But at the same time, I respect the tradition of an award show and that these men have worked very hard. And as far as I know, they uh, have not abused or assaulted anybody. And, you know, they deserve to enjoy their nomination and have their moment of expectancy. They're waiting to find out if they just won the Golden Globe. And she took that moment away from them. So those were my conflicted feelings in that moment. I felt very uncomfortable. I was glad she said it, but I was a little bit like, oh, like, uh, was that the right moment? And I thought about it all night. And before I went to bed, what I decided was what she did is actually the most important thing that happened that night because this is where real change is going to happen is when we do things that are uncomfortable that sacrifice things that are nice and things that are easy and that ask even those who are quote-unquote innocent or unimplicated or our allies to sacrifice something for this greater moment because that is what a revolution looks like it affects everybody. Everyone has to step up and everyone is going to lose a little bit in order to get to a better place. And so Amen. that was the biggest moment for That's me. That's fantastic. Before the podcast that we were talking, and I didn't want you to tell me how you ultimately landed. And uh-huh. so I didn't know if you were going to, at the end of that story, say, so I, I didn't feel it was appropriate. Right. And I was going to say to you, what I am inspired by constantly by you is your 
is that sense that you have is that we do need to go this extra mile, which might not be appropriate in a different context or in a different season or era, mm-hmm. but there are ways that we need to make people uncomfortable and that's what's going to change things. Right. And I think that I think I, I too had completely conflicting feelings. I was like, fuck yeah. And then I was like, oh, this is bad. But you're right. And I think having come at that from such a thoughtful, like long ruminating and thoughtful place and saying like, this is what it needs to look like. Yeah. To, to make change. I think, because I didn't think about the fact that Greta wasn't, nominated or right. that no woman was nominated she said it, it did well, lady bird won and, and it wasn't not even nominated. Non-nomin- and not nominated for screenwriting whatever but I, I it didn't really cross my mind until she said it and then i was like what the <laughs> right you know and and it did make everyone uncomfortable and i think what you said is so important i think in any realm that we are in a place of fear and, and anxiety and, and and discomfort and like just worried about our world what needs to happen is sacrifice that will make us uncomfortable. And that yes. means that means with technology, that means with gen- with just like speaking up in a time that might feel weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that, that's a hard realization. It's a right. hard, it's a really hard thing. Talking, but, you know. But great change will not come from making easy choices, right. you know. And, and we've come to the, I have in this new year and especially in these past couple of days and and. I've I've had this new sense of like let's go all in in a way where this this jazz artist Camila Mesa who we're mm-hmm. ha- privileged to have on the podcast today I would normally want to just go all in on the music because there's so many questions I have I love talking about that stuff right. but I How recognize did you learn when did you learn I, what's a jazz scene in Chile I know yeah, lots you know, of normal so questions, questions we would ask on this podcast right and we have in the past and it's been great but I think that it's it's time to you know, and and to explicitly with our guests and our listeners to, you know, say we're going to really want to want to address these things in an explicit way. Yeah. And I just want to note also on this podcast, um, we plan on opening up the kinds of guests that we're booking. We're going to have um, d- different sorts of artists when they come our way. Um so ju- just a note, it might not always be an explicit musician who's on this show. And also, uh, this is something that we're navigating with the rest of the world, but maybe not always a female identifying guest. Um, we might have gender non-binary or gender fluid guests on this show. Uh, but, you know, the the mission of the show, which is to spotlight stories that often go untold, will still be reflected in the guests that join us on the show love it so so happy to be here with you 2018 2018 let's do it it's gonna be big bold uncomfortable yeah things <laughs> and we're all in it together guys and Thank it's God. all gonna bring us to a better place mm-hmm. okay well without further ado after all of that camila mesa Okay, Camila Mesa, welcome to Soul Sisters. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, sisters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we were trying to remember, I was trying to remember, if we were at the new school at the same time. Mm. You went to the new school for jazz. Yeah. I was there around 2007, eight, six, seven, eight. Six, oh, okay. We didn't overlap. No, because I got there at 2009. Okay. And then, yeah, I, I spent... I went there for four years. But okay. So then you graduated on 2008? I stopped going in 2009. Stopped going? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we know but you didn't overlap in 2009? No. W- no, okay, I, I, guess I don't think so. Yeah. Not really. Okay. 
Okay. Yeah, but we Almost. have friends in common. We have many friends in common. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, so we d- did you come here to go to school? Mm. Yes. If you moved from Chile to go to school at the new school. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, basically, um, I, you know, because I have loved jazz for so long and I never really, like, knew what it was like, uh, I made this trip um, in 2008, one year before moving, without any kind of ambition of, like, I want to move there. And I'm just, like, checking it out and going to the jazz clubs and, and checking out the music, the art scene and everything. And... That month, it wasn't July 2018, it was like revelatory that like, okay, you have to be here, you know? Yeah. So then quickly after I got back to Chile, I applied like uh, long distance yep. recording, blah, 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 uh, to the new school. And then in four months, uh, it changed my life completely. So wow. yeah, yeah, that was, in- but I've never regretted, I guess. There's moments That's where it. I'm like, what am I doing here? But no, regrets yeah. are a wasted yeah. emotion. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, before we go totally back, just, just to talk about, like, I feel like there are two reasons why you're on the show today, which one is that you guys have connections and, and Dara has seen you and filmed you before and you've been on her radar. But Ooh. also... Because Dara reached out to the Winter Jazz Fest. So, right, I wasn't aware of the Winter Jazz Fest. And when I discovered that this was coming on on New York scene, um, this is posting tomorrow. So Wednesday, um, the 10th through the 17th, Winter Jazz Fest, 130 groups, 600 musicians all over the city. Mm. Jazz is coming. And, um, <laughs> jazz is coming. <laughs> jazz is coming as if it weren't always Jeez. here right. all over in the little pockets and corners. Um, but I was very excited to discover that the theme of Jazz Fest this mm. year is beautifully, explicitly laid out as being um, promoting social justice, gender equality, oh, yeah. immigration rights. And so that was fascinating. And there are panel discussions about yeah. it and a real emphasis on bringing in women jazz musicians mm. in a way that s- sadly is is unusual. Mm. So right. like they said that they made uh, an, an effort. explicit effort to book women jazz artists this mm. year. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. I mean yeah. I I love I love to the the idea of generating um, through the music and through um, this uh, amazing community getting together to just show their art to generate also a conversation mm-hmm. towards uh, so many topics that today we're all like, you know, constantly sort of um, thinking about, right, you right. know. Does it feel new for the jazz community to be having this kind of role in a conversation? Well, honestly, I feel that in the in the history of jazz music, there's always been... Um, you know, at least part of uh, that community that has always been really revolutionary, really like, in in a sense, calling uh, for things that the society needs to rethink or mm-hmm. that we need to <clears throat> pay attention to. I mean, <clears throat> if you if you learn from where this music comes from, I mean, it's it is the the sound of resistance. Mm-hmm. It is the sound of struggle. It is the sound the sound of um, community and and gathering together to overcome, you know. So in that sense, I feel that, in a way, no. The yeah. answer is no because it's been forever. But today, it feels way more present than 
10 years ago. But at the same time, to a certain extent, women have kind of been left behind in that. Jazz has also become notorious for its treatment of women musicians and women as an audience. So there's some kind of disconnect there that's also happened, which we were talking about before you came in, that I've just been surprised to learn all of this kind of just recently for me, um, this kind of pervasive misogyny in jazz. Not that I'm surprised because, as Dara pointed out, like it's everywhere, so of course it's in jazz too, Mm -hmm. but just because I do tend to think of jazz as being a more progressive art form and Mm. therefore assumes that that would touch the way it treated all Mm. of its participants Mm. um, more than apparently it has. Yeah, well, that's it. It is definitely a topic, um, you know, like women in jazz. It it is actually it's been an organization um, for a long time, Uh Um, sort of to give to give voice and space, you know, to to women. If yeah, also like taking to back like looking back to history. Yeah, um, it is. Yeah, it is kind of uh, interesting why like the like the prominent jazz musicians have always been men uh i do um do make the sort of um analogy with the stage of of women in all fields Mm -hmm. right at those times you know like um, if you think of everything, even science uh, and, and like, sure, right. you know, the, we have always been struggling, you mm-hmm, know, yeah. to like find that space and that um, also that <clears throat> the feeling that that you can just come in to a group and feel the same, you know, like it, it, it's we're It's still in the works, basically, right. yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, Personally, yeah, um, and this maybe it's it's a it's a I would love to discuss this, yeah, because personally, um, I've always had an issue to find my place in a in in a in, you know in a society or whatever just because I'm I'm, I'm women, uh huh, you know. So in that sense, like I have this sort of like yeah. par- paradox yeah. f- to be considered in the in for instance. In in this, um, in the lineup, lines. just because I'm woman, right, right. You know, I wanna. I, yeah. you don't. It's it's weird. I wanted to. Yeah, I have a quote I wanted to read about that um, from Norma Carson. Okay, who was a trumpeter, and she had an all female band during World War II when all the men went off to war, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and um, she says. I've never found it an advantage to be a girl. If a trumpet player is wanted for a job and somebody suggests me, they'll say, what, a chick? And put me down without even hearing me. I don't want to be a girl musician. I just want to be a musician. Mm. And so well. I, I'm curious, the way that you just described that feeling is I'm, I'm, you know, I was wondering, there's this tension between the need for us to discuss this right now because it still is a huge thing, but and we need to see all of the the art through this prism, but at the same time... It fights with the idea of wanting to talk about the art, and you right. do have a new album coming out, and you are so I understand that, and so that is part of how you feel right now is that like there's this balance that needs to happen. Well, I mean, I of course I want to see um, a society where we don't necessarily have to classify ourselves, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, in a way, it's part of our healing process to do so right now 
because we have to address things, mm -hmm. you know, that are being unfair, that mm -hmm. are being, you know, and, and because we haven't addressed them, um, we get into this sort of like status quo of, uh, you know, of like, oh, yeah, it's normal that there's like, like 30 male musicians and one female musician, you know, right. You know, that's how it is. But maybe not. Let's talk about it, you <laughs> right. know? Yeah. Like, and, and in that sense, um, I totally, you know, I'm with this conversation. Absolutely, you know? It's time to wake up. You yeah. Know? It would be interesting if we spoke to men about this. If men were on a podcast or men were doing whatever interviews they were doing, and they should be asked this as well. I mean... Are you advocating to have our first man on no. a podcast? <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready. A different podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess that, that would make me sort of want to ask you the question. It's sort of old news by now, but it's coming back around with this jazz fest, and we're sort of new to this idea of the um, Robert Glasper hmm. musical clitoris saga, we'll say, um, where he, in an interview, said that women are more, like, they're not interested in listening to solos, and they sort of just want to feel the groove, and that's, like, just classifying them in that sort of narrow way. And there was this big backlash, and then... Um, Sasha Berliner, a vibraphone player who's yeah. at the new school now, right? Yeah. Um, wrote wrote a long, extensive, um, you know, thing about the pervasive misogyny and and inappropriate treatment. I don't know if you experienced your experience at the new school. I'd be curious how you felt. But did you feel that that was an appropriate? There was an appropriate level of kind of like pointing fingers and and feeling about that that you know comment, or do you feel like it was a little bit like okay if we handle this a little bit differently I, I don't know what what did, did you have a what, yeah a well it was it was like definitely a topic within the jazz community you know because um yeah it's it's particularly sensitive at this time <clears throat> of you know our our you know mindset to be talking that way uh, about like how women perceive music uh, when you know that, like, there's, like, so much more first, and you're stigma stigmatizing, how do you say it? Stigmatizing. Stigmatizing um, uh, women in a, in a very particular way. And, you know, like, women basically cannot be intellectual or women cannot, you know, mm -hmm. uh, cannot, like, perceive music. He said something about, like, women don't like solos or right. something. Yeah. yeah. Well... I mean, I'm a woman. I love <laughs> solos. So, like, you, you, there's something that's not broad enough, you yeah, know? Yeah, right. And um, I'm sure that, like, I mean, he, I think Robert Glasper has worked with so many female musicians. I'm sure that, like, he understands better, you know? Right. That it's not, ex you know. Um, um, but I, you know, talking about, like, <clears throat> the whole the more like the bigger picture it's true that like um it's been so, like jazz has been like historically domin male dominated that like it has always been um you know a little more difficult for women yeah. to to get to the place where m men um you know hold in yeah. in this uh in this group of of musicians you know mm -hmm. i imagine it's like any any profession or anything where the better you are, like you have to go that extra 
110% in order to prove yourself. (laughs) Yeah, if there's one thing that like, because I've had conversations with like uh, female um, young students and Mm -hmm. they do ask me stuff like this, you know. And I, I have to be honest with them and and I have to tell them that you have to do twice as better. <laughs> so yeah. that was your experience? That's been yeah. your experience? Like yeah, like I basically, like, I have to, first of all, you have to trust yourself, like, as a, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, basically, because we, you know, you have to kind of, like, get over the I'm not good enough thing, you yeah. know? Yeah. But you have to be, you have to feel good enough. You have to yeah. feel like I am gonna, and that is also. But even twi- if you don't, <laughs> yeah, right, faking it, okay, or or like working right. towards yeah. it, you know, and and like I mean, it's so much pressure because it's that, and also that like you come into this uh, society. <laughs> I'm calling them uh, it's a society, but right, like this world, this world with with the doubt yeah. of like you know, you come into a jam session. Oh, a woman playing right. guitar. Mm. What can she do? Or like a right. woman playing, you know? So you come in with the negative, like, she can't play. Right. So you have to show, like, double, you mm-hmm. know, that, like... So it's, I mean, honestly, it's, like, a lot of work to yeah. be a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Did you notice a Holy shift shit. when you would start, like, the better and better you got, <clears throat> and the more the rep- your reputation sort of preceded you, like, your treatment, the, the way that people would... Oh, totally. Hand, yeah. I mean, totally. And we work so hard for for just that, yeah. like to find to be able to come into a group and feel that you are respected, you know, that like you're not like look. I mean, and I'm sure that this happens everywhere, you know, mm-hmm. um, like to you have to prove yourself. Right? Yeah. Who have your biggest allies been to help you feel like you were being seen just as a musician? Um. Well, like, have you had pivotal teachers or oh, fellow yeah. musicians totally. or, yeah. Um, in that sense, you know, like, it's it's dichotomal. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I use these words because I, I translate <laughs> them from Spanish yeah. and then I don't know if they were. Yeah. We know what you mean. Yeah. Because, uh, obviously, I've, I've, you know, connected in a, in a super, like, amazing way with my fellow musicians, yeah. you know, like um, male and female. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, sometimes it, it creates this, this uh, it's hard to generalize, right? Like, because right. some of, like, my, my older, like, my, my mentors are men that have, like, pushed me to, you know, like, do things that, like, I would, you know? <laughs> I wouldn't be able to, you know, like someone that have that gave me so much opportunity to like sh- show me to the to the jazz scene was a pianist called Aaron Goldberg. Okay. He like um, helped me record my first album. Then like, you know, re- uh, presented me to other like um, booking agents and all, all the, you know, sort mm-hmm. sort of like a mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, I like I have so many. Basically, I've created like a family. You know, yeah. In 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 New York and with the musicians that I play with and and yeah, I mean, it's in that sense it's sort of it's brought to like you know who who has helped me and like right. Mm-hmm. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Taking it back just a little bit, I'm yeah. curious because you started out in Chile. Tell me if this is correct. Really admiring rock musicians, yeah. like classic rock, Led Zeppelin, yeah. Jimi Hendrix. Those yeah. were oh, your idols. Yeah. And then, <laughs> Everybody's. Yeah. and then you kind of, your world exploded when you discovered jazz and certain yeah. jazz guitarists. Yeah. And I'm curious what the difference, what it was that, that like excited you and how would you describe that feeling of going from About like jazz virtuosic those? rock, which is like really exciting, soloing in, as yeah, well in a right. very different way. And then you were like, oh, my God, but there's this. Like, what is it ex- that, that excites you about the jazz? Um, that's a good question. I think that, yeah, I got into rock music. It was like really like liberating for me, like. Uh, as a teenager, I think like you know that music really like speaks for your like rebellion and your like you know all those feelings. And uh, I was really really attracted also to you know the rock guitar playing and the freedom and the blues that was in it. Um, and then you know someone like Jimi Hendrix, um, he also sort of like started shifting. He helped, like, sort of gave me a little bit of, like, a new window into more sounds because he was using some, like, more, like, advanced harmonies kind of vibe, you Mm. know? Like, uh, tensions and tensions. That's, like, it's, like, colors of of Mm -hmm. chords that are more, like, in the jazz harmony. And then I was, oh, this sounds so good. And then, like, then when I discovered, like, that, like, improvisation... You know, like that there was this world of jazz that like people would improvise. Oh, my God, that blew my mind because <laughs> that was exactly what I was looking for. Like in Chile, I there's a, I, I never like really was confronted with, you know, like improvisation so much. Mm. But it was something that I knew that like I needed to mm. find somewhere. I didn't know how to call it or anything, you know, <laughs> but like I I would get tired of playing the same thing all over again. So like... I need to like find music that would be different every time, you know. Yeah. And wow. yeah, that's how like I when I found jazz was like yeah, <laughs> and that was it. No yeah. looking back. Well, actually, it's interesting <laughs> because from this whole like experience with jazz music, uh-huh. I've been able to kind of like also start grabbing like this other influences that like you know are also close to my heart from the past and sort of make like my own like crazy thing you know mixed up you know so it it, it, I consider it 
a kind of jazz, but it also could sound very, you know, I don't know what kind of music. Right. Well, you what play. is the definition of jazz in a sense when you want to say if if there's a if there's an improv improvisational element, which what's the difference with solo? Like if there's a rock solo, that's not imp that's not jazz, but like. When you bring improvisational elements into something, but bring other like rock elements or folk or pop or something, like is that still? I mean, it's all genre <laughs> yeah. defining. We, and yeah, it's trying true. To and put things on label, but yeah, we also we deal a lot with that question. Right. What is jazz? <laughs> what is right <laughs> today? Because it's yeah. so many things, and this exactly. festival is, especially is is interesting to see the wide range of things that are happening. Oh yeah, and I personally love that you know sort of generosity of the of the genre if you call it yeah. uh to you know just include all this extremely creative music you know mm -hmm. yeah it's beautiful and your your second album i believe it was you had um you like played some zeppelin covers or something oh, like yeah. you have d experimented with actually like integrating that totally in yeah. yeah but now you're working with an orchestra yeah. So the Nectar Orchestra. The Nectar Tell Orchestra. Tell us about that experience. That's my new project. Uh -huh. And uh, we recorded last year. So it's like um, uh, we're going to release this year. And I'll have news very soon uh, about <laughs> all the details, I think. It's going to be really good, actually. We got um, a sneak of it, and it is amazing. Really? Oh, my yeah, God. It's incredible. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited about it. it. It sort of, like, develops further, like, my sound with uh, the inclusion of a string quartet, which I've always loved. Um, it kind of enhances so much, like, my singing and my my playing. Um, it's so inspiring. Inspiring. Uh -huh. Like, the... the the band itself, it's such a, a great platform for me for, mm -hmm. like, inspiration and, and expression. And, <clears throat> yeah, like, we recorded last year, and it's a really awesome group of people, too. It's like... That's the best. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm collaborating with, uh, with a really close friend, Noam Weisenberg. <clears throat> he wrote the string arrangements. Uh -huh. And we have uh, Eden Ladin on piano, who's also a very close friend, and Keita Ogawa, an amazing Japanese percussionist. Mm. And awesome. a string quartet. And we're opening for Buica. Amazing. On Friday. <laughs> yes. Yes. This Friday at Town amazing. Hall. Amazing. Yeah. Um, Do you feel like you're still in the hustle and the grind? As a working jazz artist in New York, or do you always? Yeah, <laughs> it never stops. Does it feel yeah. any different right now? Like well, where you are in your career, is there any more breathing room? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, but it, I think it's more of like a, a a mindset. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and and. But what do you think well, made that experience. difference for you? Experience. Okay. You know, like I think time is like the best. Right. <laughs> the best ever. Like, like the best knowing teacher. that more gigs will come and that. Knowing that, I feel that every little thing you do uh -huh. counts. Okay. You know, yeah. and you're in demand as, as a side side man woman. Side woman. Side woman. <laughs> let's let's change the <laughs> yeah right. Do people say that? Side woman. I woman? say it. Okay. I say it. Yeah. We're saying it now. We're saying it now. <laughs> yeah. Side woman. You, you play a ton with other people. Yeah. And you're a band leader, and now you're a band leader of an orchestra as well, which is just, I mean, the the sort of resume and the <laughs> what you've done keeps growing so I imagine like the opportunities are just yeah you know, all over yeah I think um well yeah what I said like from the very beginning when I came here we all have like our struggle stories from our first years in New York I'm sure we can like you know, <laughs> develop that but like 
um, you know, from like, you know, playing like little gigs and just go one, like asking, like, do you need music here? To like, you know, asking a, a better musician, hey, I would love to play a session with you, you know, like um, all those things kind of like little by little, they start creating like your, your, like this new world where you can, you know, find community, which I think it's one of the most important things. When, especially when you come from, you know, like the bottom of the world and like <laughs> come here to New York, yeah. know nobody. Uh-huh. Um, Did you not know anybody? Actually, the only person I knew was um, this friend of a friend of my sister. Okay. <laughs> that he became one of my best friends. Yeah. Nice. And I stayed with him at his apartment for my first semester. Without him, I would have gone back <laughs> yeah. to Chile. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. And then, yeah, that's it. Okay. But when you come to jazz school and you're studying jazz guitar, I imagine that at least at the beginning, you're just like, you're so focused. Like, you're yeah. the number of hours you practice, probably still now, but like, you know, you don't have time for just, anybody anyway. Right, kind of. I mean, the, the way the experience that I had at, at the new school was, you know, the serious people were so serious, <laughs> <laughs> and that yeah. uh, they lived in the practice room, yeah. which there were never enough of, but they were always practicing, always totally. there. Um, and yeah, I mean, yeah. it's jazz is just such a like it's yes, it's like a boys club in a way, but it's a club of like such an intellectual high level of technical, you know, demands that once you, if you're part of that, then you're just like in this club, I feel like <laughs> in a way. Is that fair to say? You know, this like club. I love you've, it. you've reached a level of proficiency where you are now like an in-demand player and people know that like your level of skill is at, is at this this high high level and it's just not an easy thing to achieve well <laughs> yeah it takes so many hours i think you have to love it so much yeah you mm-hmm. know otherwise you just quit because mm-hmm. like it, yeah it does take like so much focus as you said and there's a, also like some kind of responsibility to your instrument too you know like it's. I was thinking that because I I sort of like didn't practice too much for the like the Christmas uh, whatever yeah. like <laughs> New Year's, and then I started feeling like this thing inside of me like almost like I haven't go to, gone to church vibe. You wow. know, <laughs> I'm not religious. Guilt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Total guilt. Yeah. Like, <gasps> what's a then, lot? What is what's what's a good feeling? What's how many hours? Like, what is a lot? Well, of it you know at this point of my life it kind of changes because I am also like constantly learning like music for for this gig and so those right. count yeah. count as practice hours. But like if I don't have anything else to do, I think at least two. I feel like okay now I can watch a movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you? I mean, I'm curious to know what you both think. The major keys to beating back the boys' club of yeah. jazz are because I feel like jazz is is different than other parts of the music industry like we've talked to artists on here who said like you know getting to the people who control the playlists on spotify Mm -hmm. for example Mm -hmm. you know or like the labels or but with jazz do you feel like it's a lot more about like bookings and like where would it really make a big impact to open it up more to women oh it's a good question and i think i don't know where i was reading this but um there was this uh, questioning like, oh, how many women have, uh, you know, been on this like 50 best CDs of 2017 mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. You know, um, and then they started like 
realizing that like okay but how many women just critics are there hmm. you know yeah i mean if you go right. into like oops sorry if you go into this like in this in in the deep structure of mm-hmm. our the way that like our society is built uh-huh. how are you going to attack the top if you actually don't have right. women like listening to you know mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. reviewing mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So and that probably oh, that's it, right, extends to bookers. It's like all of exactly. Yeah, but that's that's a really interesting point. We rarely, if ever, have talked about that on this show, Critics. especially yeah, yeah, like journalists and the people that are writing about the music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Because that is often people's means of discovery. Right. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Pro- maybe more with jazz than other forms of music. That fewer female. No, just that um, that that means of discovery of like reading about oh. jazz to then discover artists or, or like recommendations of shows you should go to. I don't know. Maybe I found it interesting that you're you're so often called a triple threat, which is amazing because <laughs> you certainly are. You're a quadruple singer, songwriter, guitarist. Guitarist, right? Okay. <laughs> but. You know, I don't find that that phrase used very. I, you, you know, it's a musical theater phrase you think of typically, like singer, dancer, actor, whatever. Oh, you know. Yeah, right. um, but I find it interesting that you, the fact that you play guitar and also sing and also write is like, wow. You know what I mean? And it is because, and I want to. I don't know if this is fair to say, but that jazz guitar and like the jazz kind of compositions and arranging that you're doing is a different animal and it's not just like oh let me just add some lyrics and it's it's a different thing than a singer songwriter mm. but at the same time it feels funny to call it a triple threat singer songwriter guitar player do you ever <laughs> call have you ever heard a man be you know referred to that way do, good question does that ring true to you to call a man a triple threat like yeah. that uh <laughs> i'm feeling shames because uh i called one of our recent guests a triple threat for being a singer songwriter producer so now i'm wondering if i use I it gender no i think that no which is fine i'm thinking now uh, <laughs> i mean i'm sure I, you it's a wonderful thing to say there's nothing wrong with it but do, do you know what i mean yeah, yeah you're right it's like wow women who can do more than one thing right oh and also but think about the rock world Touché. think well, about the rock world you never would call a singer so- like someone who writes and, and right and does all those things yeah i guess probably it's it's uh like in in this jazz world that we're talking about there's not uh-huh. so many reference uh reference from of uh women guitar player singer uh, blah blah it's blah n- it's a not such so, a common thing no not at all why do you think that is well that's i would i would ask myself from like when i picked the electric guitar why there's like no female guitar players why aren't like my girls playing guitar with me you know yeah, like yeah. i you know And this is anecdotal and kind of like relates with what we're saying. But like at that moment, you know, I was playing rock and everything. And um, they would like the compliment would be like, wow, you play like a man. And and not only that, I would feel good about it. Right. Oh, yeah. That shit is totally internalized. It's so crazy. Yeah. It is crazy. I mean. But of course you would feel good about it. But it's also and also probably what was that? Ten years. That was a long time ago now. Fifteen. That. 
our consciousness wasn't tuned yeah. in to like say, wait, that's not a cool thing yeah. to say. <laughs> like, awesome, thank you. Well, it's like, just grow like a girl was the right. worst insult totally. of the world. Yeah. Right. But I, I like these questionings, you know. I like the that we, I feel like we are in, in this sort of like um, state of mind where we are actually like rethinking. Yeah everything well because right. there's so I, i don't think we are um being dramatic when we examine no. what that language does exactly i do think that it has a big impact because as a oh very God. young child you make very simple connections in your mind right yeah. so it's like yes man good girl bad like that's what you're understanding from these phrases exactly yeah. so the language is the first yeah absolutely yeah. the first thing totally. that we need to I mean, review man. one yeah. one good example Woman. from <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> let's start there <laughs> so hard it's hard I was going to say an example oh of um, from when I was in a rock band Parlor yeah. Tricks and it was three women singing singing harmonies up front and three guys playing in the back mm -hmm. and we would be um, a little press write up promoting a show that we had coming up and it would say um, uh, electric say like rock like chaotic rock like you know raucous party time rock <laughs> electric six with opener female trio right. parlor mm -hmm. tricks so like not describing the quality of our music what kind yeah. of what kind of music is it but just the fact that we're female is a characteristic enough as like a as a you know did you guys ever um like debate the makeup of your band oh well and that's like, why we changed the name of in a big way Yeah, but just also kind of in what could be perceived as a gendered setup of three, three dudes playing the music and then the three didn't. girls up front in matching outfits singing. I don't, I, I think that's a, a true sign of like the times in the past, like two like, and a half, think three years. I think by now. now things would have been very different. And what would have been yeah. different? I think, think our I think the way we dressed would have been different. Uh -huh. I think that we would we have been more aware of that. Musician in the band. What was the name of the band? Parlor Tricks. Ah, oh, yes. yes. You, I'm sure you know. <laughs> Now yeah. I'm totally connecting. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um I don't know. I mean, we wouldn't have added a fee We were, you know, a lot of times we would say the reason that the six of us work so well touring and being together all the uh -huh. time was because of the three and three dynamic. We did have the male energy and the female energy and we balanced each other out so well. So we mm -hmm. kind of approached it from that kind of way as opposed to like, let's okay, mix it up more. Okay, but it's not exact math. Like, I wonder if now if Lily was putting a band together, if she would be very intentional about finding a woman I to think play things music would be, in the band. I think, I think collectively... The collective consciousness for this is like just been exploded open in the past even two years, right. three years. Mm, and so mm. I think it would be very Or different. Like one now. year. What, right. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, mm. But you will now be setting this example when the next generation yeah. younger than you, they're going to say, I want to play jazz guitar like Camila. Like, and that's exactly. so exciting. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. That's huge. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Um, and then now you also do. Did you add the singing and the and the songwriting in more recently, or was that something you were doing when you were playing rock? Well, when I was playing rock guitar and I wasn't that um, part of my life, I didn't consider myself like a vocalist. You know, like actually, I had a band where I was sort. I mean, I was I was the writer and I was kind of the leader of it, but I wouldn't sing. I had a uh, um, a singer like main lead singers, and I was mm -hmm. just like lead singer and I would just play guitar and background vocals but mm -hmm. um, 
I always like used my voice for you know musical purpose like I would sing a song you know I kind of like it was really sort of a very natural mm-hmm. instrument for me mm-hmm. it's always funny when singers don't know that they can sing and then they're like oh yeah, <laughs> I know <laughs> it makes God. me crazy <laughs> I feel like it's one of the first things I did in my conscious life is like check all of my talents to see what I could exploit <laughs> like, I'm not someone to that. not I'm find not just that missing. Yeah. <laughs> and also you're so on this new record Ambar yeah you're so expressive vocally. Not only Whoa. like it's just a gorgeous, gorgeous album, but your vocals are mm-hmm. so just you, you have emotion behind it in a way that's like a performance, you know, Whoa. which is beautiful. Thanks. What does that's Ambar mean? Ambar is the Spanish for ember. Ember. Amber? Like, ember. Yeah. yeah like oh, the, ember, like a fire, like a burning the, ember. Yes. It's actually um, if I I'm correct with the words. Uh, I think it's the res- resin. Resin. The resin that the the um, <clears throat> the trees um, secrete. Yeah. Uh, when they're the actually amber. wounded, it's like a protective kind of uh, liquid that they oh, wow. they release to protect their to heal. I did not know that's what it did. No. <laughs> Me neither. Wow. Like it was, uh, you know, kind of like a. Uh, I I called uh, one of the songs from the album. I called Amber. More related with the translation of my grandfather's last name, you know, because it was a song dedicated to him. Uh, But then and the song was about like healing process and, you know, like overcoming and all that. And then I kind of like checked out the word and like and then I realized that it has all this like amazing healing uh, properties and all that. Yeah, Yeah. it was super synchronic and magic. (laughs) It's also great. I mean jazz as a as an art form has yes been this m- mode of resistance and protest and all of these things but lyrics you can't compete with lyrics and in, in, in being able to communicate ideas and so you yeah. know you have a song what is it um this is not america for mm. example pretty clear statement you know and you're able now exploring songwriting to have yeah. a whole nother level of of expression. Yeah, that's actually an arrangement of a song by David Bowie and Pat Metheny. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> did you know that? No. That's amazing. <laughs> um, so you didn't yeah. write that? I didn't write okay. that. No, we just did an arrangement of that song. We kind of found it and was like, whoa, <laughs> we kind of need this right now. Yeah. You know? Seriously. Yeah. yeah. When is the album out? We don't have a date yet? Okay. Okay. I'll I'll post very soon. I think I have dates and like specifics in like literally this week. Okay. And it's super exciting stuff. So super exciting. Yeah. Are you playing stuff off that new record on Friday? Definitely. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. We'll we'll be playing off off of Ambar. <laughs> I wanted to ask if as a kick ass woman in jazz, if you could make <laughs> a pledge to yourself for twenty eighteen. A pledge What would it be? Or yeah, I'm asking you to make yeah to make one now on this show. What is a pledge? Promise. Oh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Like something that you're gonna hold yourself accountable <clears throat> for, like personally, professionally. We all do that. <clears throat> I know. Yeah. It's a great. That's a really. Yeah, I'm gonna ask great, you to do it later. Oh God. So you start thinking over it. <laughs> <laughs> um. And I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah, really? Yeah. yeah. And also because I kind of know what I have to do but I am like a little uh, well I feel damn I'm not pledging for this okay I I feel that like um, I um, 
I mean, okay, let me put my thoughts together. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> there's definitely like this feeling of like a mission or something mm-hmm. that I have that it is sort of like, I mean, I can, I definitely feel that I can achieve it through music, but I also feel like I need to do more, you know? This is like what I've been feeling lately, you know, and um, <clears throat> and it it actually has to do with like um, the big sort of humanistic um, issues of our mm-hmm. society, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I do feel that I have to become, you know, like more outspoken about things that like I actually don't agree with. Or things that I feel that are urgent, you know, like, mm-hmm. and I, I do have like this, like, ooh, like this, almost like a, oh, I need to do something about this, you know. When we talk, I mean, yeah, we're talking about some of 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 our, of the of these issues, but also, I mean, when I think about like, even, you know, environment. Mm-hmm. When I think mm-hmm. about like, yeah, my 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 fellow, you know. Um, my fellow people, you know, I want yeah. to be able to to create like change for for like literally. It sounds like it's no. cliche, but like literally, I want us to do better. You yeah. Know? So you see, trying to figure out how to do that through your art and also outside of your art. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I I have asked myself, and I've tried to like you know sort of figure it out maybe. Um, some ways of activism or, yeah. you know, um, uh, I've donated yeah. to the ACLU, yeah, but like, totally. I don't, or Earth Justice or whatever, but yeah. like, I I feel like I need to do more. Yeah. That's my pledge. Okay, that's a good exactly one. That. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like you are, thank you so much for coming on the show and being so open and yeah. talking about this stuff with us. I mean, that's huge. Yeah. I feel like that's you're already starting exactly. to embark on your pledge. <laughs> <laughs> Not to put too much importance on, on our little podcast, but no. to have these conversations and, and being someone who's now in the public eye that people love your music and will listen to this and be inspired to maybe make that pledge for themselves. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And listen to the music. That's the, that's the yes. thing I think is like, there's, <laughs> it is important to come on here and talk about the things that we do and your art is amazing. Mm-hmm. And we want to not, not that that would go overlooked, but everyone should listen. Ambar, the last one, <laughs> it was Traces. 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 That's out now. Yeah. Get that. <laughs> so. Thank and, you. And come that. to Jazz Fest. Everyone should oh, come yeah. and Winter see you at Jazz, Jazz Fest. Fest. Winter Jazz Fest. There you go. It's going to be amazing. How, what was the... Jazz is coming. Jazz, Jazz is coming. coming. <laughs> yeah. Winter it's is coming. coming. Jazz <laughs> is coming. <laughs> right, Camila, thank you. Thank, thank you so, so much. much. Thank you. It's been fun. You're beneath the moonlight. I can help you trace your way back home. I know you want to run fast. I know the way. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 